welcome to Buenta Vista episode 115. I can't think of any way in which that number is uh, significant. If you know of some type of historically significant instance of the number 115, please write to heyyouguysatbuntavista.com. Uh, ben, can you think of any, any particularly relevant instance of the number 115, or are we just flying blind here? I mean, I'm really, I'm racking my brain about this, uh, and I'm also trying to buy time by talking mm-hmm. to you slowly while I'm using my left hand to Google <laughs> the number uh-huh. 115. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, let's give you a little space to do this while I swivel my chair towards no, Lucy. No, I, I haven't had time to Google. I got nothing. Well, you can wait for Ben to Google. Instead, I'm going to ask you about a thing you were just talking mm-hmm. about. Um, Lucy said she's going to a new kind of exercise class. It's not new, but I, it's new to me. It's new it's to you. It's certainly new yeah, to me. That's, that's what counts. I do bar now. That's what counts. Please explain bar to me. It's like... It's like a thing for ladies. There's a lot of stretching. There's a lot of ballet arms. It makes me feel like a fancy lady. It's It's actually very tough. It's all like repeating one exercise until your muscles start shaking. It's very unpleasant and I don't enjoy it. But I've been doing it for two weeks. So I'm a jock now. And I assume it's called bar because there's an actual There is a bar. There is a ballet bar. Type type stretching Mm -hmm. bar. Yeah. Well, that's good. I I think that... um, I think that uh, more exercise programs should include like some type of aesthetic that makes you feel uh, cool or yes or glamorous while doing exactly it. instead of just just running you know it's not for me. Well, I mean, I guess this is kind of the inverse of the whole concept of boot camp, mm. where it's like I go to this thing and somebody pretending to be a drill instructor yells at me until I, I just do don't it. Don't want to be yelled at, you know. <laughs> I go, like I absolutely see why it works for some people. Promoting the benefits um, in- of exercise on the podcast. Self-care. Right. Well, I am I am currently in the midst of doing uh, Steptember. Mm, what's Steptember? Steptember is a fundraising thing to raise funds for um, equipment and services and stuff for kids and adults living with cerebral palsy. Mm. Um, so it's been organized through my work. Uh, and the idea is that you must take 10,000 steps a day on the old pedometer or your Fitbit or whatever the fuck you got mm-hmm. going. Uh, Very healthy. That turns out that's a bunch of walking. It's actually a lot. It's a lot more than you think. Yeah, I've been like, because um, I, I have to drive to work based mm. on where I am. And I've been like parking my car at the furthest car park away and then like exiting the car park in the opposite direction of where my work is and doing like a great big long winding route and then going and like walking very briskly for like 45 minutes or an hour at lunchtime and then doing a great big walk back to the car and stuff and and then i get home and i'm like oh no i have to go for a little walk are you loving it how's your glutes my glutes my glutes are all right but like my feet hurt Mm. (laughs) i know your little feeties my feeties little feeties my feeties um so you know i might even i might even post a link in the show description to the fundraising page if you would like to donate to a good cause and to make all of this trudging around that I'm doing worthwhile Mm -hmm. uh, I'll stick it in there and if you feel like shooting a few bucks in the direction of uh, people in need you can do so Ben what good cause are you out there marching around for Uh, I mean Mm -hmm. I'm mostly just walking for the sake of walking well, you could be doing this thing at the same time. I was thinking about doing it, but I didn't want to jack your steez. Um I mean, is it too it's late for me to start? It's not my steez. It's the, it's the kids. It's for the we're, kids. We're already eight days into September. Um, well, you could probably still still do yeah, a billion I might do steps. that, actually. I'm already doing a little over 10,000 steps a day, generally. I'm already there. Mm. Um, well, some of us have got the time. Some of us do have the time. Keep walking around. <laughs> I love to walk. I'm a real walkhead. I'm a big um, walkhead too. Big fan. Mr. Hot Stepper, they call him. I don't know about that. Uh, I've got a lot of things about the number 115, if you'd like to hear them. Mm-hmm. No, we're past that now. So. <laughs> sure, because I, I, I had to go down a bunch of uh, Wikipedia holes to find out what a lot of these meant, and now I feel like that was a waste of time. It probably was. Have you got, pick one. Pick one. Pick your uh, oh, I can't believe you're making me choose. This is like choosing my favourite child. You sweet um, babies that you met three minutes ago. <laughs> Which is your favourite child out of the two? Just wondering, Andrew. 
Uh, the first one. Um, so, <laughs> no, 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 absolutely yeah. not. Uh, if you're listening to this in um, 50 years' time, uh, and, you, and you are one of my children, and you are one of Andrew's <laughs> beautiful children, uh, and your father has passed away in a hot air ballooning accident. This is the only way you can reconnect with his memories. Uh, he he's absolutely joking. I love you both uh, for very different reasons. You are both different kinds of freaks who I love. How would it be if um, actually after you had passed away, they were listening to this? What if this is... That would be strange. What a thought. Anyway, uh, 115, the fire service emergency number in Italy. Okie (sighs) dokie. Oh, no, my house is on fire. Mamma mia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, it's in my house. Dial a one one five real quick. <laughs> my pizza pie <laughs> caught on fire. <laughs> oh, I burnt my spaghetti. Oh, my meatball are too spicy. <laughs> oh. You press the one, then you press the one, and then you press the five. And somebody somebody picks up that phone and they say, A buongiorno. A buongiorno. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> You've called the little old lady fire department. Oh. Oh, what is your goodness. fire? <laughs> anyway, oh. uh, welcome to... Everyone loves uh, this the, bit. The, the, the podcast that only exists because people think racism against Italians is fine now. Uh, if you'd like to cancel us over this, um, please don't. Please don't. You'll don't, only uh, make a fool of yourself. You can write into. Feel free to write into um, Lucy at Wuntavista.com. No, please no. And let her know if the accent is fine by you or not, and exactly what your Italian heritage is. Mm. Now, speaking of people defending uh, weird racist positions and all that kind of stuff, I believe uh, this week Ben would like to talk to us about a mysterious entity, about a, a spooky, a spooky man. Um, the man on, without a face. The man without a face. Although, on, unfortunately. On the, <laughs> on the battlefield of ideas um, in the Australian culture war that is raging at all times. Absolutely all times of every day. Um, so, this is a, a person whose column appeared in the Australian newspaper a couple of years ago. And we were all led to believe that um, he was on a mission to simply annihilate the left wing of this country through his powerful ideas. So, Ben, what's the deal? What's going on here? Well, just as a bit of a primer for um, non-Australians. So, the Australian media landscape, uh, I think, is quite unique in the world in that it is entirely controlled uh, by opinion writers that work at one newspaper. So, we have... The country has about seven actual journalists and about... 400,000 political commentators. They all get paid $250,000 a year to write one column every quarter uh, at The Australian. And generally, these people like to think of themselves as sort of mini-celebs. They're all doing, you know, they're all on panels all the time. They're all popping up at writers' festivals and all sorts of junk. They're always on your TV. Uh, But there's one, one of them who has decided to shirk the fame and the notoriety that comes with this, possibly because his ideas are too dangerous. Mm. Uh, We are, of course, talking about the Australians' own The Mocker. Now, I hate being mocked. It's my least favourite thing. Well, guess what, buddy? This name is not a lie. He will mock, and he loves to mock. This comes from, like, a great tradition of, uh, like, right-wing... Twitter accounts with like 50 followers giving themselves a really self-aggrandizing name like Destroyer of Lefties, <laughs> Free Speech Crusader, 1956. Like, just like real, I've got this important task and I'm doing it on Twitter to the like handful of people that actually see my tweets that aren't porn or spam bots. Uh, but the mocker is doing this in newspaper form and he is presumably paid for this. Now, it's not entirely clear why he is anonymous uh there's not really anything here that would necessarily endanger anyone's employment or anything there's nothing particularly controversial it's just very very bad 
Um, I'm going well, to, and that's what's so weird about it is it was very much framed at the time of it coming out as th- somebody, somebody extremely important is doing mm. this stuff from behind the scenes, almost like um, it's just a guy, almost like a. Well, like a weird kind of reversed idea of the concept of like page six blind items, you know, where it's like, we're going to tell you this titillating thing and we're not going to say explicitly who it's about. Yeah. Instead, it's kind of this person's going to be um, just blasting you with scintillating cultural analysis, but we're not going to tell you who it is. Wouldn't you love to know who it is? It's someone super important. I do love to be blasted. Oh, hose me down from the ideology pump, baby. Uh, knock the knock the cap off the ideology hydrant and let me play with it in the street, like it's a hot summer's day in Hell's Kitchen. That's making it sound quite pleasant, actually. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read for you uh, the mocker's bio in the paper. It is the single most. I, uh, I'm just going to read it. Okay, I, I hate it so much. <laughs> The first four words alone. Okay, I'm just going to read it. The mocker amuses himself by calling out poseurs, sneezing, sneezing, (laughs) sneering social commentators and po-faced officials. He is deeply suspicious of those who seek increased regulation of speech and behavior, believing that journalism is dominated by idealists and activists. He likes to provide a realist's perspective of politics and current affairs. The mocker amuses himself. He is merely the puppet master. He is pulling the strings and he making us all like dance. Joker. He is <laughs> the Australian's Joker. Calling out poses like people who are wearing a Metallica shirt. Like yeah, he's the one walking up to people and be like, "Hey, What's name three of their albums." albums. <laughs> what is a poser in this in this scenario? Um. Yep. I guess, I guess mm. like, yep. yeah, I, idealists and activists. Um, yeah, I, I guess also there's a very obvious problem with this. Believing that journalism is dominated by idealists and activists um, is that, mm. number one, positioning... Uh, I, does that mean that he's positioning himself as not an idealist or activist? And also... He's um, merely amusing himself. Merely amusing himself. Dance, puppets, dance. <laughs> merely exposing the posers. Um, but also, uh, just coming back to what you were saying earlier, Ben, this seems like immediately conflating the idea of a journalist and an opinion writer. Oh, they love to do that, the Australian, don't they? They love mm. to do that at News Corp. Every single one of their political commentators believes themselves to be a journalist in some regard because their dad... Gave them like a six-week paid internship at a newspaper when they were like seventeen, except for when um, they've written something extremely racist or problematic, or they've accidentally done like a double-page spread with a huge seventy-two-point bold headline that says "Whites are being removed in the Great Population Replacement." Um, and then all of a sudden, they are definitely just an opinion writer and not a journalist. Yeah, they shouldn't be held to any sort of standard at all. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's just thoughts. It's just ideas, baby. It's just, it's ideas. just thoughts. Crimes. Thoughts aren't a crime. Yep. Not yet. Uh, so, but also, I think another thing that becomes relevant um, throughout this episode is deeply suspicious of those who seek increased regulation of speech. And behavior. Hmm. Mm. You'd hate to see anybody's speech getting regulated. You truly would. Hmm. Uh, So, what exactly does a realist perspective of politics and current affairs look like, you might ask? Well, I've prepared some examples. Uh, At the start of last month, he wrote an article called The Cost of Gillette's Wokeness Revealed a Non-Cash Write-Down of $12 Billion. Now... You might recall the Gillette ad that made people fucking lose their minds uh, at the start of this year that was like, hey, don't bully other kids, boys. Or, hey, don't, like, chase a woman down the street. That's bad behavior. And everyone said, you fucking cunt. You come into my house. You pop up on my television. You tell me not to assault a woman. I am going to eat this razor right now to prove you wrong. 
I'm going to buy 40 packs of Mac 3s and flush them down my toilet, clogging the drain in my house to the cost of several hundred dollars of plumbing because I'm so fucking mad. It's hard to tell what would be more expensive, uh, that plumbing repair or the razors themselves, because they're uh, not it, cheap. It, it, it mm. turned out to be about even, and it's cost me $600. <laughs> so, yeah, that was um, a huge issue uh, eight months before this article was written, uh, and every single person eight alive months. had forgotten about it. But, well, why did he bring it up? Well... Because of what he said in the the headline, it caused them to have a $12 billion non-cash write-down. So, they they revalued the company at $12 billion less than it was before, right? Wow. That Razor's ad must have really impacted them. Uh, Except it didn't. They did the revaluation, which was based on their value from 14 years ago. So, it's hard to say whether one thing uh, in... January was the thing that kicked this off. Uh, but this was also the loss that they had here from the revaluing it was also in their like biggest fourth quarter sales to date on record. So it didn't really seem to impact their sales at all. And the the CEO of Procter & Gamble said that they did the write down largely because millennials have beards now. Uh, <laughs> and because Another of... Another thing millennials are killing. It's the shaving industry. And because of uh, Dollar Shave Club, their big competitor. Mm. Oh, yes. Which uh, the mocker says in the article. He, he quotes that. So... I love when they point out the reasons that they're wrong and do not conclude that they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Seems pretty strange. Uh, or how about... Here's another bit of uh, frank realism... Uh, from the realist himself, this is an article he wrote about how universities and safe spaces, blah, 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 blah. Every conservative has written 20 of these. This is the opening sentence, which is really good to me because you never see this trope in real life anymore. You only see it in people making fun of, like, bad speech writing. Mm. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, the oh, noun yeah. university is derived from the Latin expression universitas magistorum et scholarium which roughly translated as a community of teachers and scholars. I am curious as to what is Latin for a community of taxpayer-subsidized, freeloading, self-loathing activists bent on universities succumbing to primitivism. <laughs> uh, I think that's called um, politics, baby. Hey, yo! Oh. Wow! Oh, he we pulled got out him. an Encyclopedia Britannica for this. <laughs> like a I big actually book. did a search through all these other articles to see if he'd ever done this before, <laughs> and he was just habitually... He had not, unfortunately. You know, you know that an article is going very well when somebody opens with... Um, the Macquarie Dictionary <laughs> defines racism <laughs> as... Like, it's always a great sign mm. that you've put a lot of work and thought into it, and it doesn't at all read like a first-year uni student Sounds trying to like pad a, a word. Smart no. guy. Smart guy uh, here. Got another great example here. Um, so, his response to the AFP raids on journalist Annika Smithhurst, uh, the headline is, How does je suis un hypocrite sound? Damn! Uh, <laughs> and his, the subtitle is... Where were these people in 2011? And you think, oh, eight what? years ago. What, what happened, happened eight years ago? What was maybe like a conservative journalist was raided by the AFP? Or, uh, I know what it's going to be. I know what it's going to be. Well, obviously, it's got to be something important, right? We all know that one big attack on press freedom that happened in 2011. Um, I'll let the, the mocker say this one. Green Senator Sarah Hansen-Young labelled the AFP's actions an attack on the press for doing their job and an attack on those who tell the truth. Compare her purported principles to her reaction in 2011 when a federal court found Herald Sun journalist Andrew Bolt had breached Section 18C of the Racial Discrimination <laughs> Act in questioning the motives of light-skinned Australians who identified as Indigenous. Oh, dear. I hate it when my racist friend has his speech regulated. I I thought it was going to be the Charlie Hebdo cartoons. Oh no, that, <laughs> yeah. it's worse somehow. That's a, that's another one that um that conservatives absolutely love saying. Oh yeah, where were you standing up for the right to draw very racist cartoons? <laughs> no, this is uh oh so you care about uh a journalist's right to report on government plans to have like no warrant wiretaps on the entire Australian population. 
But why don't you care when someone was super racist? Mm, you got me there. Uh-huh. Now, uh, the mocker's identity is obviously a tightly kept secret because anyone behind ideas this explosive, uh, it would be just completely damaging if we ever found out who they were. Society would be turned to complete chaos. They'd be rioting in the streets. Um, It would probably also um, turn into... Uh, like one of those movies, like the early 2000s uh, remake of the TV show SWAT. Remember that movie? The 2005-ish? No. Ethan Hawke so, yeah. in that one? No, it was um, it was uh, Colin Farrell. Wow. Colin Farrell in the lead role, which tells you exactly what kind of era mm. this movie was. <laughs> um, Jeremy Renner. Oh. oh. The Jeremy Renner as his friend who turns on him. Old, memorable Jeremy Renner himself. Yep. LL Cool J. Jememorable Renner. <laughs> Jememorable Renner. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez as, um, as the hard-ass chick who can hang with the boys. And Samuel L. Jackson as the one who brings the team together, just like the Avengers. Just like a time capsule. Jeremy Renner. Amazing. Yep. Um, great, uh, great, like, new metal soundtrack. I'm pretty sure it has Limp Biscuit doing like an updated cover of the SWAT theme song. Yeah. I'm on board. This sounds great. Yep. On the credits, you know? Huh? Except in that movie, um, uh, they capture a drug cartel kingpin who's like, uh, he, oh, it was Kylie Minogue's French boyfriend from the early 2000s. You remember that dude? Vaguely. And he's like, I will give $100 million <laughs> to whoever breaks me out of here. <laughs> And then they're trying to get him around and everybody's trying to get him. And I picture, um, basically, if they revealed the Osmocker's identity, that it would just be a replication of that. Um, mm. People desperately trying to protect him as swarming leftists and Antifa come out of every nook and cranny, every darkened alley. It's lucky we don't this know. Guy. We don't know right. who he is. It's and there's no way to find out as far as I know. Oh, I've got some really bad news, guys. His oh, name God. is Fuck. Martin Leonard and he's on Twitter as Monster Dome. Marty Would you like be a self-deprecating uh, comment about the enormous size of his head, or <laughs> uh, it could be a delightful coincidence? There is no way to tell. But we do know that he is uh, this monster dome gentleman, thanks to two things. Uh, the first being that a friend of the show, who's a former News Corp employee, uh, was accidentally CC'd in an email chain that said what his name is. Uh, while they were working there, which was great. Uh, and as friend of the show, Pat Caruana points out, if you try and do the uh, phone, well, the password recovery thing for both of those accounts, what it does is it obscures all of the phone number except for the last two digits. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, same deal. You can do it for either one. And uh, both of those... Uh, both the Mocha and Monster Dome accounts, uh, both a number that ends in 1-1. One, one. And I believe there's about a 1 in 100 chance of that coincidence happening. Uh, if only Theo was here to verify that maths. To work out the numbers on that bad boy. To crunch those digits. Uh, so, Monster Dome is just like... It's just a regular right-wing poster, right? Uh, this is from... Uh, an excerpt from an article for Junkie written by a friend of the show, Nadine Von Cohen, who uh, did the bravest thing in the world <laughs> and went to a Menzies Institute, I think, event called How to Win at Twitter. Uh, here is... It's a great article. Just, Very just enjoyable. Read I, just, I just want to point out that, like... I just love the whole conservative thing of like being extremely con- like extremely obsessed with Twitter as being like this leftist echo chamber where it's own, you know it's completely dominated by left-wing voices and it's not reality real life conservatives not like are this. being censored yeah it's not reality the real world's not like this in reality everyone agrees with us and all this sort of shit and on and on but they're just continually showing their ass by doing stuff like this where they literally say, we have put on an event where you can come out, pay money, and come to a public place and look a bunch of other people in the face who have all said, I too would like to know how to stop getting dunked on by my grandkids. 
I think the the biggest flaw here is their belief that it's a thing that you can win. Yeah. It's not real. It's not important. Nothing that happens there is of any significant. It's like fun to go on there and like own someone for being a dipshit, but that doesn't change minds. It doesn't do anything. No. And like I think normal people understand that, but all these conservatives are like this is the great ideological battleground of our time. Uh which is a, a sickness. That is a brain sickness. It's a brain illness. Uh, yeah, let me just read these this two-paragraph excerpt here. The last panellist is Monster Dome, whose only listed credential is Twitter Warrior. <laughs> Not knowing who or what a Monster Dome is, I look up to Twitter to find out. His profile is typical of a right-leaning human, tweets, likes, and retweets of things I disagree with, and the occasional animal video. But something confused me. Monster Dome, Twitter Warrior... Teacher of Tweets, has about 2,500 followers. He's been on Twitter since 2012, and he has 2,500 followers. I don't know the exact criteria... I don't know what the exact criteria is for achieving warrior status, but by that standard, half the idiots on Twitter meet the threshold. So he's just some guy. I would just like to point out, again, as you're saying, the Australian has given this guy um, his own column... They publish it on the on the website. I don't know if they. I'm pretty sure they publish it in the paper. Do they? Who knows? Uh, yeah, it's it's in the print paper. In the print paper, they've given this guy's thing. One can only assume that they actually pay him money to do so. Um, and also, they they've made a big deal out of it. They've clearly actually gone to some kind of effort to try and conceal this guy's identity, both internally and externally. Um. I have over four times the number of followers that this guy does on Twitter. And here's a sample of what I tweet uh, from September 6th. Sucking and fucking in this economy? Nice humble so, brag there. I don't understand the point that you're trying to make. That's the kind of stuff that gets your followers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like um, people, are, people are more interested in hearing that kind of idiocy than whatever uh, Monster Dome is talking about. And it's not a it's not a humble brag to get into Twitter followers because um, you guys have exponentially more Twitter followers than me. And each thousand makes your life worse. Makes your life worse and makes the things that you want to talk about dumber and dumber. Makes your life worse. That's true. Uh, but uh, yeah, point being that I I also was kind of uh, tracking this a while ago when this thing came out when I was like. Oh, so this guy's going to change the landscape of Australian politics and they've clearly put a bunch of money and effort into it and everything. And the um, the Ozmocker account had like 800 followers. And then I checked back in a year later and he had like 1,100 followers. Ooh, and, warrior. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, he's doing well. Um, so, yeah. Here again, we are talking about him on the podcast. About <laughs> oh, wow, he's living rent-free in our head. He That's certainly true. is. Yeah, I just I just, I just, don't understand. I guess I, I just cannot understand where the original idea, the original germ of this idea came from to say, you know what we should do? Give old Marty a column in the paper. That would explode some people's brains. Except for the fact that almost no one knows who monster dome is but we'll work around that by making up a whole new identity for this guy that also doesn't have any kind of cachet attached to it i think we'll these ideas like are a- explosive <laughs> and we'll yeah, make out like explosive it's a big- diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> that's why you get the big bucks for posting ben yep one dollar a tweet one dollar a tweet uh, um what a wonderful event what a wonderful event to go to. Uh, <laughs> how to win at Twitter. How to win. There's no well, winning. Well, there is no winning at Twitter. If you but win, you've lost. The well, only winning move is not to play. That's right. However, I would say that there is a very, very definitive way in which one can lose. Um, and that was demonstrated by Chris Kenny, um, Sky News host and Australian columnist Chris Kenny. Now, you the event you spoke of, Ben, the How to Win at Twitter, mm. a column, uh, column, sorry, a panel, uh, in which there were, I think, three three hosts. One of them was the Monster Dome, um, and one of them was Chris Kenny. So, Chris, uh, who had a great reputation on Twitter uh, for posting like 
really dumb stuff like posting that type of that type of thing where just several thousand people could immediately say ah here's the gaping flaw in your logic or the extremely obvious example of this thing you're talking about that you've overtly ignored uh and he would then ignore all of the people immediately proving him wrong and retweet one person who was like you show these lefties chris um so chris was on that panel and recently uh chris made a big deal of quitting twitter because everybody was so mean to him all the time uh and which i believe is how you win on the battlefield of ideas you just Mm -hmm. say leave me alone and then you delete your account so there was a whole thing in the u.s over the last week or so of um i believe he's the editor of the new york times opinion uh section or or is he just a columnist brett stevens just a columnist just a columnist um and he so that there was like you can catch up on the the whole deal from other sources but basically he's a conservative and a dickhead and he's extremely obsessed with the whole safe spaces on college campuses and protecting free speech from people who want to stop you from saying things and that everyone who gets offended by a slur needs to toughen up and volunteer for a war and all that kind of thing. Um, so there was some kind of report of an infestation of bed bugs at like a Trump resort or something like that. Um, somebody from a university somewhere quote tweeted this and said, uh, don't worry, the, the bed bug is Brett Stevens. Um, this person only had like a couple of hundred followers. The tweet had like nine likes and zero retweets. Somehow Brett Stevens has found this tweet, which he insists was not from just sitting on Twitter and name searching himself, which he definitely was, uh, has then written an email to the man in question, um, CCing in his boss at the university saying, Hey, you should come to my house and have dinner with me and my wife and kids and call me a bed bug to my face. Um, the guy's boss said, why are you emailing me about this? Go away. And um, everybody in the world said, oh my God, this is the guy who spends uh, his entire life and his many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year salary complaining about triggered leftist snowflakes um, and their safe spaces and someone that nobody cares about uh, called him a bed bug in a tweet that nobody saw and he's literally contacted the guy and his boss and turned it into a big enough deal that the president of the United States uh, tweeted about it and called him a bed bug <laughs> uh, causing Brett Stevens to then uh, freak out quit his uh, Twitter account to delete his account from Twitter um, go on TV and do an interview about it making a fool out of himself and of course finally write a column in the New York Times in which he compared being called a bedbug um, to the language used in the Holocaust <laughs> to <laughs> to dehumanize Jews. And this is already after he made a big show a couple of years ago of being like, um, I'm not on Twitter anymore. I have a personal assistant that sends out my tweets for me, but I will not be reading them. Which, again, is the sign of the, the stoutest and strongest mind Really, standing bed bug up for is himself. so good. It's such a good insult. <laughs> bed bug. Oh, you are. Oh, so you're basically bug. Hitler, Lucy. <laughs> well done. I guess one so. too many Hitlers. Um, yeah. So, so Chris Kenny has basically replicated this in Australia on a smaller scale, which is that he is extremely tired of being dunked on absolutely constantly for everything that he posts because it's always really dumb. Um, not to mention, I think a lot of people's problems with the stuff that he said more often than not was that it was just very, very, very clearly, um, purely ideologically driven and often very intellectually dishonest. Um, it was often very, very clear that he had no intention of having a good faith debate about anything that he had picked an inflammatory position at the start and then ignored all evidence to the contrary while the whole time saying nobody wants to debate conservatives online. (laughs) Um, So he, in turn, deleted his Twitter account and made a big deal about, I'm not coming back to this place. Uh, But what he did do was go on his TV show, because as we all know, the most censored figures in the country um, all also have TV shows and do constant panel appearances on the biggest TV shows in the country and have columns in the newspaper. Uh, And he he did a whole piece which turned up on The Australian as an article um, in which they transcribed 
uh, basically his his big <laughs> butthurt rant from TV and turned it into an article for him. Because, you know, your fingers get sore typing stuff out for a living. Why should you have to type stuff out when you already had some thoughts and said them? So, this article has come out entitled, The Bile on Social Media Just Keeps Getting Worse. Mm-hmm, yeah, does it? Chris says, social media has become a place for hate-filled rants against conservatives or people on the right of center. As we know, no one has ever said anything unkind or um, violent towards a leftist. So Certainly not. Cool. The venom is extraordinary, and it comes from people who often claim to be preaching tolerance and compassion. There are extremes at either end, of course, but it is particularly prominent in the mainstream left of politics and often is fueled by leftist journalists. Absolutely classic um, right-wing colonist move here, which is to make an extremely token nod to the idea that you are holding both sides to account mm. uh, by saying, oh, there are extremes at either end. But don't think about any of the extremes at the end, at my end of politics, because I'm here to complain about the other side. <laughs> uh, as I've told you before, I closed my Twitter account because of this constant stream of bile. Uh, I keep an eye on what goes on. You closed your account, but you keep an eye before, on what goes on. As I've told you before, I closed my Twitter account because of this bile. But I keep an eye on what goes on and have a look at what I found. So he's he's closed down his Twitter account because it's it's such a cesspit of idiotic bile. Um, but also he just lurks on there, name look. searching himself to Seeing get what mad. What people are saying about him? <laughs> to get mad that people have talked shit about him for being an idiot, basically. Mm. Extremely good. Oh, this is great. So keep in mind as I'm going through this. Keep in mind that this did not appear as a as an article. On TV, that this, uh, sorry, that this didn't appear as an article in the paper originally. This, this is actually what he used his time on his TV program to do. Putting tweets up on the screen about him and speaking to them. <laughs> this is a tweet apropos of nothing from at Les Stonehouse, a Queenslander who calls himself political spinner. It's also very clear that all of these are from like um, cooked boomers. Yeah, just like random boomers online. Yeah, just random boomers who like to get online and act like their tweets are doing, like, um, you know, political analysis or advice to politicians. Uh, political Spinner has tweeted, <laughs> If you are at a crossing and Mor Scott Morrison, Pauline Hanson, Peter Dutton, Andrew Bolt and Chris Kenny were walking across the road together, you would, would you have a huge smile on your face when you realized the brakes badly needed repairing? <laughs> um, several like emojis. emojis. The emojis don't seem to bear any relation to each other. It's like a sunglasses guy, a concerned face. Uh, but also a big grin. My bad again, only joking. Well, <laughs> a little bit. Hashtag Ozpol, my crazy mind. <laughs> oh, that's epic. Now, I know that anybody else looking at that tweet would immediately think, I need to take this death threat seriously. Yeah, this guy who's definitely a little twisted. He's got a crazy mind. He said it himself. My crazy mind. Only joking. Chris says, okay, we've had Burke Street. We've had Nice. We've had Berlin. But this bloke thinks it's funny to fantasize about running over people he disagrees with politically. Oh, man. I wonder if Chris Kenny said anything about Prue McSween when she said, mm. if I saw Yasmin Abdul-Bakid crossing the road, I would hit her with my car. Mm. She didn't even say only joking or my crazy mind. True. If she no. had said, my crazy mind, I would have been like, oh, she's just twisted. She's oh, this broad is twisted. <laughs> but check out the I responses. I wouldn't have said broad. I'm an ally to women everywhere. I would have. Cause Especially Prue McSween. <laughs> <laughs> Def the Prue Sween defender has logged on. Um, but check out the responses. More than 100 people at last check. So, I can only assume he's been going on every hour oh and seeing God. like a few more likes and getting madder. At last check, more than 100 people had liked this comment and more than a dozen had retweeted it. One respondent, Vicky, whose handle is don't blame me, I voted Labour, tweeted, I'm a little more, oh, now the accelerator got stuck. <laughs> Oof, this tickled me. 
at Wendy Beal 444 went with. <laughs> oh, God damn. <laughs> went Surely with. you would feel ridiculous typing this out. But he's he wasn't, though. He was saying it on oh his TV my show. Oh, my God. That's right. Pulling the tweets up on screen just reminded me of the old saying, kill two birds with one stone. Laugh out loud. My bad, too. Laugh out loud. And a Diva Lara 44, who claims to be a former ALP staffer, replied that she was, quote, not damaging my car on those freaks. Can we hire a bus? <sighs> all these people have their full names in their handles, which tells you that they're all above the age of 50. Well, that's going to come into play. Hugh Monroe 16 said it was, quote, not so crazy and might save the nation. NC Triggs tweeted, except that a modern car would just crumple. You need an old ute with a rhubarb. <laughs> oh, my goodness. One even suggested backing over us just to make sure. But if you dig a little deeper, the hypocrisy is overwhelming. Is it? Well, like, and again, like the Brett Stevens thing, this is a person who has made so much of his living from insisting that leftists are trying to stifle everybody's speech. Hmm, and that words aren't harmless. And words, that words aren't harmful. And aren't damaging. Yeah, all that sort of stuff that people who that people who deliberately take offense to things that are clearly are, jokes are that snowflakes. They are the ones who are in fact snowflakes. Take at Emma B Hart who got involved joking about who of the intended victims might push others under the car. Quote, they would push Pauline for sure, she tweeted. They might all be racist, but a woman is a, but a woman with a voice is just as deplorable. Incredible stuff. Especially when you read the self-description in her profile. Don't hate, Emma B. Hart says. Hatred of anything manifests within you and creates something ugly. Sing it, says Chris, sassily. Sing it. Louder for the people in the back. On and on it goes. These are real people, presumably with jobs and families. They get to vote. They get to argue and debate. And this is what they choose to send out there on social media. Dumbfounding, isn't it? Well, I decided to track down Les Stonehouse and found him on Facebook. <laughs> Again, pointing the big finger with um, social media is ruining your brain at other people as I name search on a site I've deleted my account on and then try to find the people involved on other services and contact them to ask them about their tweets. Where it says he's semi-retired on Facebook and I was able to reach out to him and ask if he thought such posts fantasizing about killing people he disagrees with are acceptable on social media. I asked him how his family and friends felt about such posts and what they might think if such posts were made about him. And I got a short response. Read my handle, he said. Laugh out loud. Most of my stuff are tongue and cheek. Humor. <laughs> <laughs> I love tongue and cheek. It's my favorite kind of humor. <laughs> Most of my stuff are tongue and cheek, comma, humor. Full stop. Well, we think we know what he means, but there isn't, a mu <laughs> there isn't much about this. You do that think that, yes. <laughs> there isn't much about this that is tongue in cheek. It is more like unadorned hatred. So Les Stonehouse then tweeted out my Facebook message and suggested that lefties with their silly tweets were not a threat, but you'd be worried if it was a right-wing nutjob. My point in highlighting all of this is twofold. First, what is it with grown adults who think it is not only acceptable to joke about killing anyone they disagree with, but how can they be so unashamed about this idiocy that they're happy to put it up on a public platform and share it? And my second point is about the platform. This is when it gets... Beautiful. Mm. Newspapers, television stations, and radio stations, as we know, are responsible for the things that people say on their platforms. Huh. Mm. Much like Monster Dome's uh, friend Andrew Bolt and his convicted racism. Mm. <laughs> they go to great lengths to make sure it is within the bounds of the law and of common decency. Huh. So, we've got Andrew Bolt, who literally got, um, got done by the Racial Discrimination um, Council. 
the Human Rights Council for racially vilifying Aboriginal people in a series of columns, um, which The Australian gives him, which News Corp gives him. Um, And then when he was found guilty and convicted, the only thing that they made him do was like say... I, I have to delete these articles and say I'm sorry about this thing. And then he's just kind of continued to go on writing columns about the same stuff forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also written columns about... Um, he's also written columns about changing demographics in Australia over the last however many decades um, under a big headline of The Great Replacement, which, as we all know, is specifically Nazi rhetoric. White genocide real. Yep, uh, that's like it's it's straight up um, imported white genocide language that he I has mean, used in his columns. Alan Jones incited a race riot. Yeah, on the radio. Remember how responsible he got held for that? Uh huh. Um, yeah, and also I guess like uh, the series of months and months and months of articles about Yasmin Abdel Majid for one. One post that she made on Facebook and deleted several minutes later. Mm, it's fine to talk about that for a year after. Yep. And lots of people were held responsible for all of the harassment and death threats that she got as a result and eventually wound up leaving the country because she couldn't do or say anything without it being reported on extensively by the Australian from but Chris time. Kenny had to leave Twitter just to oh, come back no. and see what mean things are being said about him sometimes. Just to stop getting uh, dunked on for five minutes. He had yeah, to leave hey, the what whole the hell? Therapist. Dame Sir Frightbat, uh, <laughs> top hat emoji, just called me a poop. <laughs> no! <laughs> I have to put this on national television. Uh, Duke Parakelia won't stop calling <laughs> me a dog fucker. <laughs> um, oh my and he God, also I says, forgot that he's a dog fucker. He oh. fucks dogs. Um, as far as we know. Which I, I think safe to say uh, we condemn as a podcast. Yeah, I think so. Mm, anti, anti-dog fucking podcast. Staunchly anti that. Yeah. Feel free to look into that if you would like. Um, you won't actually find anything um, horrifying. It's a thing that happened on a TV show. Um, uh, the Chaser, an old Australian TV show called The Chaser, was doing like an election coverage thing or something. And they... Uh, we're talking about Chris Kenny, and they made a joke in which they flashed up a, a picture of him standing behind a dog as though he were fucking it for like one or two seconds. Um, and he went ape shit and sued them um, and got them uh, forced to not. give it a, an apology you know, and all that sort of stuff. This free speech defender. Yes, which is again, uh, hey, all these snowflakes getting their feelings hurt, you know? Uh, so Chris says, when someone goes too far in these platforms like newspapers, television stations, radio stations, there are ramifications, and rightly so. Just like, again, all the ramifications that there have been for Andrew Bolt and Chris Kenny himself and for Alan Jones and for Mark Latham and for Pauline Hanson and for all these people constantly spouting damaging, divisive, uh, racist, white supremacist. But you're not um, allowed to say these things. Well, they say all these things, and then guess what? They are held accountable, and there are ramifications, like continuing to get paid columns anywhere that you ask for them, um, continuing to get uh, massive sums of money to host your radio station, um, about the same kind of thing. Mm. But these digital giants have no such obligation. They make billions hosting all sorts of stuff, but also plenty of bile and filth. This has got to change. We went to Twitter about this exchange. Oh, my God. You called Twitter about it. I asked to speak to Twitter's manager. And Someone the spokesperson said something said, mean about me on your website. This is also extremely good. Um, we went to Twitter about this exchange, asked to speak to the manager, and their spokesperson said... We don't comment on individual accounts for privacy and security reasons. At Twitter, our singular goal is to improve the health of public conversation, including ensuring the safety of people who use our service. When we find accounts for violation of our policies, we take action according to the Twitter rules. Uh, so he got a copy and pasted statement saying, mm-hmm. fuck off. Um, so there you go. Just another day on Twitter. My advice, keep away from this sewer. It is like reading the back of the toilet door <laughs> in public debate. Then why do you keep doing it? Yep. I just love to keep going back there. Just loving it. 
Oh, Chris, you huge dickhead who everybody hates. You're um, a massive idiot. No one's making you do this. Log off an forever. An incredibly reviled public figure. Twitter doesn't mean anything. No. I can't stress this enough. The idea that someone would go on television and be like, one of those 60 follower insane boomers tweeted something incomprehensible and another bunch of 60 follower boomers agreed with them. Well, let's take up 10 minutes of my TV show with this. Like, it's... Again, to somehow prove the point that a... Well, what are the points we're proving here? I guess one of them is um, that Twitter doesn't matter, and I'm proving that by uh, going on there to read posts about myself, getting mad, um, trying to find the people who posted these things in real life on other forums, messaging them and asking them to take responsibility and explain the posts, uh, reaching out to Twitter's management to complain about the posts, uh, and then going on to my TV show and using up a bunch of time talking about it and then getting the people who work at my TV show to transcribe my however many minute long rant and also post it up as an article. And that's how I can prove to you how meaningless Twitter is and how much nobody cares about it, especially me, the person who doesn't sit up until 4 a.m. every night uh, <laughs> reading posts that say, it would be funny if a piano fell on Chris Kenny's head and then his head came up out of the piano and all of his teeth had been replaced by piano keys. And that's that. That's that on that. That wouldn't be not funny. No. <laughs> wouldn't dislike it. I just, I just don't understand the, the incredible lack of self-awareness to attempt to portray yourself as above, you know, getting mad about stuff that's posted online while providing example after example after example of how incredibly fucking mad this stuff has made you. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Good stuff. And you gotta love it. You do. You do gotta love it. Yep. And speaking of people getting uh, hammered for their bad opinions, mm. we're going to check in with a little friend that we like to call Shane Warne. Shane, 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 Talking about Brexit. Talking about Brexit with Shane. Wow. Wow. It was very uplifting. I'm feeling very inspired. I feel charged up. Mm. All jazzed up to revisit a favorite segment of ours. Where in the wide world of Warney's world of Shane Warne is Shane Warne? Where is wide Shane Warne in the world? How wide is Shane Warne to be in this world? Uh, The wide world of Shane Warne. Where, where in the where in the world where in the what? wide world, world. of warning when worn <laughs> where where worn Shane worn when where worn that's right folks we're talking about beloved uh, international sports figure Shane Warney Warn uh, we like to check in on him every now and then just see what he's up to since he retired from the game of cricket I believe it's known uh, he's just been out there in the world. Um, banging his British models with fake titties, getting fake tans, just getting a nice eyebrow lift here and there, a little bit of little bit of Botox. It's called self care, sweetie. Look it, it absolutely up. is, and he has a right to do it, and I will defend that right to the death. Um, he's he's look he might be a little concerned with his looks, all that kind of thing. He's out there playing poker. He's out there accidentally setting up charities that rip people off for his poker games. Uh. But this week, he got asked about Brexit. That issue that we all understand very well, but we're not going to get into right now. I would, I would love to explain it to you in detail, but we simply do we not have the time. But I understand it. Time. We very much get it. They cannot stress how much I understand it. A parliament, and you know what a proroguing means, so that well, that'd be a whole conversation. So, Well, it means that they are in favour of rogues. Prorogues. Um, also, thieves. Uh, mages. Bandits. Yep. A lot of things that they're in favour of over there. It's a wild country. Buccaneers. Huh. Australian cricketing legend Shane Warne is being hammered 
on social media. Oh, you hate to see someone get hammered on social media. After offering his thoughts on Brexit during an interview about the Ashes on BBC Radio 4 this week. Warren was previewing the fourth Ashes test in Manchester when he strayed off topic in a big way. You don't want to do that, Warney. Mm. I've lived here for a long time and I come here most summers to work, he said. A couple of things about the Brexit thing stand out to me. Here we go. After, this is so good. I you love know you're in so for a wild ride. I love him so much. So, so the first two sentences of this. A couple of things about the Brexit thing stand out to me. After 40 years or whatever it is. What? What's he talking about? I think since uh, the They joined EU. the EU? Yeah. After Not since f- Brexit started. Although it bloody feels like it, doesn't it? Ah, oh. it does. After 40 years or whatever it is. Such a long time. You've asked the public to vote for these things. Mm-hmm. They vote. <laughs> then I saw it reported that the most searched thing on Google after Brexit was done was, what is Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> so I found it very amusing to find out that people didn't know what they were voting for. I would love to get Warnie on here to explain Brexit. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. Fuck. Send an email to us. If you're one of Warnie's people, hook us up. Talk hook to our up. PR people. We'll Send get an something email. going on. Hey, you guys at Buntavista.com, if you can organize Shane Warne getting on the blower and sorting out this Brexit thing. Mm. Uh, He says, um, and the second thing is, you've made the decision. It's done. Get on with it. All this procrastinating about all this stuff. Just get on with it. Boris is good. Everyone's great. Get on with it. Um, You lost me there. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great country. Get on with it, he says. Boris is good. Everyone's great. Get on with it. Wonderful. It's a great country. Get on with Get it. On with Is it? it? Uh, maybe try the food there and then tell me if you think mm. that. Damn. Take that, England. The Sun newspaper immediately picked up the story, running a headline screaming, Aussie cricket legend Shane Warne backs Brexit. But the overwhelming response to the former Spin King's comments was negative. <laughs> it is unclear what expertise Warne has on the subject. <laughs> But many I think people it's clear. Are- <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. Yeah, uh, the Brexit thing, 40 years or whatever. Get on with it. Oh, many people on social media urged him in so many words to butt out. And that's fair. You know? Step so- off, Shane Warne. This is our Brexit. Oh, it's our Brexit. And, you know, if we want to, we're going to grab the controls and fly this baby straight into the ground. Mm. We're allowed to have opinions on this. I'm sorry. I just ruined your segue. I knew oh, where it okay. was going. I could see it now. <laughs> <laughs> see it? <laughs> see it happening. Uh, that's right. Imagine, if you will, someone steering something straight into the ground like some kind of out-of-control plane. Uh, uh, this is Speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. That's right, folks. Time for some more Plainly Speaking. Lucy's Plane Chat segment. They love it. Everyone loves hearing about it. Loves a bit of news about planes. I know people are listening to this podcast that simply have no interest in planes and are wondering why this is a part of the show now. Well, they tune in. For, to listen to uh, your interests and your interests are planes. Hmm. Certainly. What's going on in the wide world of plane? Oh, well, this is, a, this is a lovely headline I read this morning. I missed this one. You sent this one in the chat. Door blows off Boeing 77X during, oh, 777X during stress test. So, uh, you may remember Boeing from such incidents <laughs> as the two... <laughs> The two Max plane crashes, which killed a lot of people. So, they're working on their 777X plane. So, hold um, on a second. The, the, other, the other crashes, they were not well received? I feel like they're, they're not very popular. You know, they're not the, uh, the public response to these crashes, not good. Not great. So How many well received crashes have there been? Uh, well, I mean, I guess if you wanted to call Sully and his descent into the Hudson River a crash. You could. That's true. You could no, do that. that. Was, but I would feel like You wouldn't call it that, though. That I wouldn't a, call it that. That was an emergency landing that he successfully pulled off. He very successfully pulled it off. Some people call it a crash. They're incorrect, but I guess that one was a lot better received. Sure. 
That's true. Can't argue with that. Anyways, uh, the setback occurred on Friday, according to the Seattle Times, when the airplane's cargo doors exploded outward during mm. a high-pressure stress test. So this is a test that they do for all planes. They basically put planes under conditions way more extreme than they would ever be under in a flight to just make sure everything's good. Just make sure. Tick the boxes. Mm-hmm. So they can pass the uh, Federal Aviation Administration final test. This plane did not pass that test. Uh, Boeing previously said it would push back the 777X's first flight to 2020 and deliveries would be delayed amid problems with its General Electric co-made turbines. Oh, dear. The company is under heavy scrutiny for the 737 MAX, grounded in April after two crashes killed 346 people. No date is set for the plane's return to service. I don't know about you guys, but for me, one of the key things in a plane is a good set of doors that doesn't whiff off the plane while I'm flying. Hmm. It's definitely, it's, it's up there on my list of top uh, plane qualities. A, a door that flies off when you're flying. <laughs> <laughs> Things not going great over at Boeing. No. So, what are they, obviously they're not like, they don't mainly make planes, right? Uh, they've got like other stuff that they do because this, they're like just dabbling in making planes. Yeah, it's just just a side project. They've got all, all sorts of other stuff going on. Yeah, my, my side gig of making plans. <laughs> <laughs> dipping a tiny little pinky finger into the plane building industry oh, and uh, fucking it up. Dipping a toe. Certainly dipping not a having toe. a good time. Sucks to be them. Well, uh, prayers up for Boeing. Let's mm. hope you can either Thoughts get that one out to Boeing. Yeah, get that one together. Just sort it out. Um, you know, take take the advice of legendary spin king Shane Warne and get on with it. Get on with it. Fixing the planes, just get on with it. Just get on with it. Um, all this procrastinating about this stuff, just get on with it. Planes mm-hmm. are good. Everyone's great. Get on with it. You know? Just just take out the crashing part. Just get How rid of it. it? Fi- replace it? it with something else. Put a different yeah, door on it. I know I know you guys seem set on this um Doors flying off and the planes crashing feature, but I reckon you could just replace it with something else and people would like it. Why don't they just make the plane out of the black box material? Hey, hey. <laughs> you know. <sighs> oh, Anyways, well, I feel like that's about it for the show for this week. Mm. I feel uh, that too. Okay, that's good. You're feeling it in your bones. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling it in in your jellies as a uh, Detective Pikachu says in Pokemon Detective Pikachu the movie. Has that movie come out? It's oh, good. It came out ages it's ago. It's very Did enjoyable. It? <laughs> oh, the passage of time. Sure will fuck you up. Can I, I talk about anime for a second before we end the show? You've started watching yes. the JoJo show, haven't you? I have started watching the JoJo show after being told. I don't know told. what the JoJo show is. You haven't seen any memes or just general talk about the JoJo show? I've just seen JoJo. Okay. It's called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and I am certainly not an anime fan, but I will say that it's the best program I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. And I urge everyone to just give it like 10 minutes and you'll be mm-hmm. in. Where should I start if I was going to watch it? At the start, I think. Although okay. I've been told the first season's not as good as the later ones, so it's, oh. it's going to be a wild ride. Sure. Mm. Well, there we go. Um, noted anime pro-anime. advocacy. We're pro anime now. It's polyamory next. Give it a give it a few <laughs> months. <laughs> well, folks, that's it for us. Um, if you would like an extra bonus episode every week, pop on over to patreon.com forward slash Vista. Slap down five bucks a month, and that'll get you an extra episode every week. Uh, and if you would like to say buy a shirt. A coffee mug, perhaps. Maybe even a tote bag for mm. toting something. Head on over to buntavista.com forward slash merchandise and uh, get yourself something. You'll seem really cool. It's very niche. guess there's nothing left to do but check out this song entitled Samuel L. Jackson by, it turns out, Tennessee band Hot Action Cop. Oh, wow. Soundtrack to the 2003 movie SWAT. Oh, my God. Starring the Jeremy Renner. Woo!
watching what we dancing. Big dog is off the 